Today's program is a must-listen to to anyone earning a paycheck, especially those that might have recently graduated from college. Joining us today is Camille Snyder, who at age 29 is the youngest NAFA Jackson president in the organization's 56-year history. However, at age 23, she was diagnosed with life-threatening cancer. Today, she's going to share her story as to how she both physically and financially survived an almost two-year journey and how now her experiences have shaped her and what she does to help others to avoid the mistakes that she made at such an early age. Welcome, Camille. Thanks, Jim. Glad to be here today. I am so glad to have you, and today we're going to talk about your own personal story, and I think it's something that a lot of people can learn from, and my understanding is it actually inspired you to make a career choice. So why don't we start out with, tell us a little bit about your professional career. Sure. When I graduated from college, I went to work for a young technology firm in Washington, D.C., and I was in sales, and I sold software to Fortune 500 companies and nonprofits and mom and pop shops, just about anybody who I could get an appointment with. And at the age of 22, I had a great income and a great career ahead of me. And really, I was on top of the world and life was going great. And then an unexpected life event happened. And it sort of, I have to say, it really changed the trajectory of my career and everything else. So tell us a little bit, what happened? Well, when I was 23, I was asked to go to India and help manage the international sales team that this young technology firm had that was selling in the UK and Australia, and I was really excited about it. And after being in India for about six weeks, I was actually diagnosed with stage four oral tongue cancer, and it was completely out of the blue. I didn't have any risk factors. I didn't smoke. Cancer doesn't even run in our family. So it was a total fluke that I was diagnosed with cancer, and I was diagnosed actually in India. So I flew back to the United States thinking once I get back stateside, I'll have a physician look at these results. We're just going to get this whole thing worked out. I'm sure there's a mix-up somewhere. So it was a pretty long flight from India back to the United States. And when I got back to the United States, the physicians confirmed what the physicians in India had diagnosed. It was stage 4 oral tongue cancer. And actually, the physicians in India probably saved my life because in India, they have a higher incidence of oral cancer. So they knew exactly what it was when they looked at it. What was going through your mind at that point? You had the whole world by the tail, so to speak, and life is looking really good. And now you're dealt this prognosis. What was going through your mind at the time? I have to say, I was one of those people who, up until that point, had been invincible. There had not been much in my life that I was not able to overcome. There had not been much in my life up until that point that had caused real adversity in my life. So when I was diagnosed, I thought, this can't be right. It absolutely can't be right. I guess they call that denial sort of in the first stage. But then I was fortunate enough to have a choice of where I was treated. And I was treated at MD Anderson out in Houston, Texas, which is a phenomenal hospital. We have so many great hospitals across the United States. And fortunately, MD Anderson is one of them. 
the physicians there had to break the news that my prognosis was not very good. And best case scenario, I would probably not be able to communicate on the same level I had because of speech impediment or having a good portion of my tongue removed because I had tongue cancer. So that has consequences in what it means to sit down and eat dinner with friends or with family or how you are able to work and how you're able to communicate with people. So best case scenario, I would probably have difficulty eating independently, being understood by those around me. And that was the best case scenario. And I thought, you have got to be kidding. Again, I had been on top of the world, so I was one of those people who pretty much thought I was invincible up until that time. And then after you have a conversation like that and you're actually in the clinic and in the hospital room and physicians come in with a team of two or three to make sure they answer several questions the weight of the diagnosis and really of the prognosis too became very real. You're talking about you're working with a technology company. I look at most people that are just coming out of college. We saw the statistics for young folks with health insurance and it sounds like you at least had health insurance, right? I did. I had a great health insurance policy that I paid. I remember every month seeing it come out of my paycheck and thinking, man, I wonder if that's worth it because it was pretty expensive. But I had health insurance through my firm and I also had group disability insurance through my firm. Now, was that something you elected to buy, the disability insurance, or was that something that was just provided as a benefit? It was provided as a benefit and I cannot remember because it was so long ago, but I believe I opted into it. But the employer paid the premium. So being 23, I know from having my own kids in that age group right now, talking to them about insurance, you might as well talk to them about physics, and they're not <laughs> physics people. Their eyes glaze over and they think, well, what would I need insurance for? That's for when people get older. And disability income, I think back, I've been in this business for a long time. I started in the health business, didn't really understand disability income for the first several years I was in the business, and I didn't have my own disability income. And and I know when I first looked at it, I thought, I'm in sales, I'm in counseling for clients, I'm advising clients. The only way I wouldn't be able to sell, I mean, they could wheel me in a wheelchair and I could still talk about it as long as I have my mind and the ability to speak, I should be okay. Now, here you are in sales. It's amazing that you did get the disability income. I'm sure if they didn't offer it as a benefit, you wouldn't have had it. But talk about how that worked for you and what that provided you, because if you're going through cancer treatment, obviously you're not going to work every day, especially if you're in sales and they're doing surgery on your ability to speak. Yeah, you are absolutely correct. So I was fortunate that I actually had two financial advisors that I worked with, even at age 22 and 23. They sat me down and we would have meetings and they talked about the importance of systematic savings and having my own individual policy on top of what I had through work. And they told me my income was going up. I needed to lock in my insurability as a young, healthy person. And they asked me to fill out an application for a permanent life insurance policy and an individual disability policy outside of what I had through work. 
In our first meeting, I actually told them that I didn't want to move forward with the application at that point in time because my car had overheated and I needed to get a new car. It was probably time for me to upgrade my vehicle. And they said, okay, not a problem. And a few weeks later, they wanted to get back together. So we sat back down and we talked about the importance of systematic savings and protecting my ability to earn an income and all of these great, wonderful things. And the second time we sat down, I told them that I had had roommates. I was living in Washington, D.C. It's a pretty expensive city to live in. I had had roommates for a few years in college and then as a young professional, and I wanted my own apartment. So I said, not now, I'll do it later. And then a few weeks after that, my two advisors said, okay, you need to get serious about this. And so we sat down and I filled out a life insurance application for $250,000 of permanent whole life insurance. And the policy had waiver of premium and paid up additions and eight guarantee purchase options and all of the bells and whistles possible. And I told them I could fill out the life insurance application, but I would not have time to fill out the disability insurance application at that point in time. So they said, no problem. My life insurance application went through underwriting. I received the best possible rating, and we put the policy in force immediately. So after my permanent life insurance policy went in force, about two months later, my advisors asked for another meeting to sit back down and to talk about an individual disability insurance policy. So we sit back down, and I begin filling out the application for individual disability insurance And I had told them I had just gotten a promotion at work, and I was actually going to be spending time in India as a part of that. So on that disability application, it asked if you will be spending time in a foreign country. So I marked that I would and the dates that I was expected to return. And the policy goes through underwriting, and the company postponed coverage until I returned from the foreign country. So when I went to India, the only disability policy I had in force was that group, long-term disability coverage. It was a real lesson to me about how quickly your insurability can change and about the importance of taking action today and taking action now because there was probably 60 days of difference maybe 70 days of difference between when I took that life insurance application and when I took that disability insurance application. I had been promoted and found out that I was going to be in India between those two times, and it made a difference. That's an incredible story, and we're going to take a short break, and we come back. Let's talk a little bit more about the impact of this cancer that you came back to the United States for and how all these coverages work to help keep you financially sound. So please stay tuned. Don't forget to visit the Resources for You section on your Real Wealth Professionals website. You'll find links to many educational tools and resources. You'll also find a must-read section including many great authors who have been guests on past programs. Feel free to order any books that interest you or someone you know. Welcome back as we continue to visit with Camille Snyder. She is a cancer survivor, but what's unique about her story is getting cancer at a very young age where she was a young professional right out of college, and she made choices few young people make, and that is to make sure she had proper coverages. 
what we've been learning from Camille, it doesn't matter what age you are, you really need to consider this in your overall plan, and it's something you should be working with your insurance professionals to make sure you're adequately covered. Camille, before the break, you were talking about you were postponed on individual disability income insurance, and you had some group disability income insurance. So what happened when you came back to get your treatment? Unfortunately, I did not have any individual disability coverage in force. And the first thing that happened is that I learned there is a huge difference between group long-term disability and individual long-term disability. For example, a group long-term disability plan, it often will cover about 60% of your base income. And if your employer pays the premium, it's taxable. Another thing is that group long-term disability plans are often offset by any type of government program, such as Social Security, and employees don't actually own the coverage, so it can be modified or canceled, and the cost isn't guaranteed versus an individual policy, which if you have a individual disability policy that non-cancelable and guaranteed renewable, that means that the benefits cannot be modified and coverage cannot be canceled as long as you pay the premiums and the cost of coverage is guaranteed. And the benefits are tax-free when paid for with after-tax dollars. So my first lesson is that there is a huge difference between the two. And I was so appreciative that my employer had a group long-term disability plan in place and that I had opted in because it did help, but it was not anything adequate enough to actually cover my lifestyle because I had been in sales. So my base income was only a small part of my overall compensation and it was taxable. So I went from having a great income to having only a part of that income and then it was taxable on top of that. The second thing I learned is that that new car and that apartment didn't produce any income. In fact, they take income to be maintained and pay for auto insurance and all of those things. So that was a big lesson about cash flow. So what I did is I had to rely on my family to help fill that gap and to keep the lights on in my apartment. And I think that's one of the things that we often miss when we speak with other about disability insurance and about why it's important. I have a family that was very not only able but also willing to help me with expenses because I didn't have enough income coming in in the form of group disability coverage or benefit. You know, my family was, they were able and willing and they did it with joy in their heart, but I think that is really the exception versus the rule. And even though they were able and willing to do that, it was an emotional part and the mental part of having to rely on others is something that I think we don't really talk enough about because it's a very frustrating position to be in because as human beings, we are all programmed to go out and create value and produce more than we consume. And so it's really difficult to have to count on and lean on other people for something that you have an opportunity with different types of insurance products to help fill that gap. We're dependent on our parents. We go off to school. We're ready to make our own way. And it had to really hit you pretty hard because you were just gaining your independence and then getting thrown back into being dependent. That had to be a challenge. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think I had six months of savings built up and went through those six months of savings in probably three months because I had an apartment in D.C. and then an apartment in Houston, Texas, where I was being treated. I had to have transportation at both of those. So I was really surprised by how much just living expenses go up, not to mention the cost of medication, the cost of things that flow over from health insurance. With health insurance, we make sure that our hospitals and our physicians are taken care of. But disability insurance is making sure that you and your family are taken care of. We heard that your ability to speak and be able to sell the prognosis wasn't that good. But obviously, we're talking to you today. You sound great. Tell us the rest of the story. What happened afterwards, and how are you doing now? Well, I spent about nine months going through active treatment, and that included chemotherapy and surgery and radiation. And then I spent about a year rehabbing from all of those things, and that's where I spent my time doing physical therapy and speech therapy. I'd had a feeding tube, so I had to learn how to eat independently and not choke by having a sip of water. And that was really hard work. And also say it was during the rehabilitation time that I think I really floundered and that I struggled. During active treatment, I felt like I had marching orders. My physicians would say, we need to do this or you need to do this. And I said, okay, I can do that. Just give me my marching orders. But during rehab, I was frustrated with the amount of progress I was making. It really took me a while until I could turn a corner on that. And again, I think that that's the mental aspect of being too sick or injured to work is something that we don't talk about enough and prepare people for because it's something that we just don't really think about. So after I got rehabbed enough and my physicians cleared me to go back to work, I decided that software was not something that was going to get me out of bed in the morning. I really wanted to do something that would make an impact on others because while I was sick, I had so much support from people and so much love that came my way. I wanted to be able to give something back. So I became a disability insurance specialist with a company in Washington, D.C., helping educate advisors and educate clients on the importance of individual disability insurance and the importance of having taking advantage of group disability coverage that might be available through the workplace teaching people how policies work, and just making folks aware of what's available in the marketplace. you got to get a tremendous amount of job satisfaction by doing that because I've got another guest that we're going to be visiting with in the next several weeks. He had a situation where, at a very young age, had a stroke while he was getting treatment. I forget what the other thing was he was getting treatment for. And he had disability insurance at work, and he said the first thing he thought of when they told him he had a stroke is that I checked the wrong box because Mm -hmm. he checked short-term disability. And again, being young, we're we're all invincible when we're young. We're never going to get sick. We're never going to die. Everything's going to be good, and we can tackle the world. But here he had a circumstance where he thought, worst case, maybe I get an injury and I get fixed and I'll be back to work in six months. And most people don't realize the difference. And that education that you're doing could really save a family financially. Oh, absolutely. And one of the things I would really encourage your listeners to do is during open enrollment, which is the time we're in right now, seek advice from your insurance professional 
and sit down with them and let them review with you the benefits that you have through work and explain the difference between short-term and long-term disability, whether you want to pay it with pre-tax dollars or post-tax dollars and all of those things. But seeking advice from folks who are professionals who look at benefits day in and day out and familiar with them, it's always a great thing to do. Camille, this has been great. Hopefully you've inspired our listeners to maybe dust those policies off, make sure they're covered where they think they're covered. And for those of you that have young kids just getting started in the workforce or grandkids, make sure you encourage them to take a look at this stuff because I'm guilty of the same thing. When I was young, I thought, who needs insurance? The younger you are, the more risk you have at stake, especially when it comes to your income. Something happens where you can't earn a living. That can be devastating, especially at a young age where you haven't had a chance to save much. So thanks again, Camille. really appreciate you joining us today. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for joining us this week, and tune in again next week as we explore another phase of the real wealth process. And remember, if anything you heard in today's show you'd like to get more information about, contact your real wealth advisor. Also, if you feel that any of this information will be helpful to a friend or family member, just click the Forward to a Friend button.